And today's scriptures come from the book of Isaiah, chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. The word that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest of the mountains, and all shall be raised above the hills. All the nations shall stream to it. Many peoples shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth instruction, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations, and shall arbitrate for many peoples, They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. The word of the Lord. Are you ready for Christmas? (laughs) Good. One kid is. Yes. (laughs) I'm not ready, but I do enjoy getting ready for Christmas. Uh, yesterday we got our tree, we decorated the tree at the parsonage, we started hanging up the garland in the living room and in the family room, getting the hearth ready, we're, we're, we're cleaning up because we know you're all coming over next Sunday afternoon. And it's delightful to prepare for Christmas, but it's different than preparing for the Christ. And that's what we Christians in this society are really challenged to do because it's not easy. Everything seems to be focused on preparing for Christmas, but followers of Jesus throughout the world are invited and encouraged to prepare for the Christ. And those are not the same activities. Preparing for Christ is really being intentional about our spiritual lives, coming to worship, Investing our time and energy and conversation in small groups. That's why we're offering the small groups. I noticed a whole lot of people signed up for the small groups that are meeting on Sunday. They'll start today and then some other groups that are meeting tomorrow uh, at noon and tomorrow evening, depending on what the weather does. That's where we grow in faith, and it's a way of keeping us grounded in the preparation for the Christ. Others have rituals that they do in their homes and in their prayer corners. Uh, We have different uh, books and and devotions that we read. Perhaps some of us light candles and say intentional prayers at the beginning of the day or at the end of the day. All of those help us to remain grounded in the midst of the craziness and the busyness of preparing for Christmas. And it helps us to prepare for the Christ who has come, who is in our midst, and who will come again. One of the ways that we Christians prepare for the Christ is to look back at the Hebrew Scriptures and to see how the people of Israel for hundreds of years before Jesus was ever born We're preparing for the Messiah, waiting for the Messiah, praying for the Messiah, looking for the Messiah. 
The book of Isaiah is one of those texts that Christians have looked at and Jews have looked at for centuries to get clues as to how God might come to us. The book of Isaiah was written in a very tense geopolitical setting. Judah was being pressured from all sides by nations that were either threatening them with war and death or threatening them with geopolitical deals that they were encouraged to make and if they didn't make it, woe to them. The northern kingdom of Israel and the Aramaic kingdom of Damascus were trying to form a, an alliance that said to Judah, side with us. Because if you don't, the Assyrians will come in to Judah and wipe you out. South of Judah, the Egyptians were also rattling their sabers, threatening either to attack or to make a deal so that Judah could survive. They were feeling surrounded, intimidated, threatened, fearful. And when we human beings, no matter what era we're living in, when we human beings are feeling afraid, we don't always make the best decisions. Out of that context, God sends Isaiah to Judah to give them a word. And the word was so counterintuitive that at first hearing it must have sounded ridiculous to them. Beat your swords into plowshares. Take your weapons and make them into something that can till the soil so that people can eat. Take your spears, your weapons, and make them into pruning hooks. Can you get a drift of how counterintuitive that must have sounded to the people of Judah, surrounded by all sides, by warring nations and threats of war and death? And Isaiah is saying to the people of Judah in that time, and to us, don't put your trust even in religious traditions. Put your trust in the living God. Don't put your trust in your weapons or your weaponry. Put your trust in the living God. That passage has captivated pop culture. Michael Jackson sang about those scriptures from Isaiah. It's in the soundtrack of, of Les Mis. Eisenhower quoted it. Reagan quoted it. But I was drawn this week to the United Nations who have incorporated that scripture into the wall across the street from the UN and into one of the statues that is on the grounds of the UN. Let's go to a video of the sermon from the UN.
across the street from the United Nations. In that building behind me, there are negotiations happening for, for peace, for justice, for economic development. And there are words that are etched in the wall behind me that come from Isaiah, this text that we just heard on this first Sunday of Advent. We are reminded that it is the Lord that shall judge the nations. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation and they shall not study war anymore. This is God's hope for all nations and all people and perhaps a good thing to pray for as we begin this season of Advent. Isaiah was speaking a word to fearful nations, violent nations, distracted nations, and saying, take your swords and make them into plowshares. That was a word to the nations. It was also a word to the people and to us. I'm here at the United Nations and I was hoping to get a little closer to the statue that you see over my shoulder. It was given to the United Nations by the Soviet Union and it is a, a very famous piece of art called Swords into Plowshears. I would like to just invite us to reflect on what swords we carry that serve no purpose that could be used to bring nourishment. That's the vision of Isaiah, to take a, an instrument of violence and make it an instrument that can help nourish people. Perhaps our, our weapons are our words. Perhaps it is a stance of defensiveness or aggression or fear. Maybe our prayer can be to let God take those weapons of, of fear that cannot be used to bear fruit and to do something with them, to shape them into something that can bear fruit so that our words can bear fruit, our stance can bear fruit, our very being as followers of Jesus can bear fruit and help nourish other people. As we begin this Advent journey, we reflect on God's word of hope through Isaiah. And it is indeed God's hope for the world and for us. Maybe we need not pray for our hope, but we need to pray for God's hope. For God has a, a beautiful and good and holy hope for us as people of faith, for all of God's people and all of God's creation, maybe this season, our prayer can simply be, oh God, your hope, your hope. That helicopter that was flying behind me over the, the East River, that was a military helicopter.
And the message continues. Swords into plowshares, spears into pruning hooks. God's hope for us is much more expansive than our own hope for us. And so instead of praying for our hopes, whatever they are, and they are good, God's hope is bigger and more expansive and more generative. And so maybe in our Advent season, however we pray, if we light a candle, let's pray for your hope, O God, that God's hope might be fulfilled for us, for the church, for the world. Your hope, O God. Your hope. Amen.